0: Hey guys, this is Sarah. And this is Chris, and uh, you're back listening to all y'all again, spending your precious time with us. Thank you. I'm really excited about our event next Saturday, Chris. Yeah, we have an event coming up called Under the Influence. It's a live storytelling night that will be um, on Saturday, September the 13th at 7.30 p.m. at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse on the campus of Centenary College. All proceeds from the evening are going to go to the Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse of Northwest Louisiana, and um, we hope to pack the house. There's a lot of tickets left, so if you have some time today, please make it over to our website, allyallblog.com. There's a link at the top of the website that says tickets. You just click there, and you can pick some up for a nominal fee. We're um, doing something really special this week as we gear up to celebrate um, a night of live storytelling on September 13th. We are going to be releasing a new episode of All Y'all, a new story every single day this week. Um, So we're going to kick things off in a wonderful fashion with Chris Kirkley's unforgettable story, Tinker in the Saturday Night Car. Um, Sarah, I was just listening to your edit of that story, which is wonderful. (laughs) And I cried again, just like I did the night we heard the story for the first time. Yeah, I think anyone who lives in the South knows someone like Tinker, and it's a story that a lot of us can relate to. So here's Chris's story.
1: I was gonna start off with a confession. Sarah's already outed me. This is not my story. Uh, I am barely in this story, except maybe as a footnote or an afterthought. Um, and it's not like I haven't made mistakes. I feel like I have made all the mistakes. So, so it's not like I don't have mistakes of my own to tell. But when Chris and Sarah announced our theme tonight at the last event, the story that came to my mind with this story and it just kept coming to my mind and it said, tell me, share this story. And the subject of the story, the hero of the story, he who made the mistakes, if you will, uh, was my friend. And I feel okay about sharing my friend's mistakes because, because he's gone. He's dead. He died about ten years ago. It's a story he told himself, and he's not around to tell it anymore. And so I'm going to share with you all the story of some mistakes that he made. And maybe, he'll, uh, maybe some traces of him will live a little bit tonight in the telling. So this is the story of Tinker and the Saturday night car. And I'm going to start with a little bit about Tinker. Probably you could best describe Tinker as sort of a backwoods hippie. Tinker was was a contemporary of my dad and my dad's friends. When I knew him, he was in his 40s and 50s. He was probably in his, uh, his early 50s when this story takes place. Tinker had worked in the oil fields in Bellevue, Louisiana in the 70s, which is very near where our story is going to take place. And he had suffered an injury on the job. He'd suffered a head injury. And uh, because of his friendly and easygoing nature, he had been very easily and probably very amiably on his part basically talked out of signing away all of his uh, all the workers' compensation and disability that should have helped support him for the rest of his life and spent pretty much the rest of his life doing odd jobs. He worked for uh, most of his life, you know. Uh, anytime it wasn't raining too hard to work, he was outside doing hard manual labor for cash. And that's how Tinker made his living. And uh, people that knew him before the head injury would tell you that the head injury had changed him in some way. They would tell you that uh, he wasn't right after the injury. But then they would rush to tell you that he'd never been right before the injury either. (laughs) (laughs) They had a hard time putting their finger exactly on what was different. But there was some difference that was indefinable, but they could nonetheless recognize and mark that he had changed in some way. So Tinker made his living doing odd jobs. He uh, he never married, he never had kids. He rarely had a car, so he mostly got around by hitching rides from his friends or just, just hitching rides on the highway. He um, At the time of our story, he lived on a house on uh, Highway 80, uh, US Highway 80 between uh, Dixie Inn and Red Chute where the, the, most of our story is gonna take place. Uh, he lived in this house with no flooring in the bathroom, just braces, you know, and you were looking down at dirt. And if you, walked, if you went to Tinker's house and you walked up to the porch and knocked on the door, uh, there was a window to the right of the door. And as you looked at the window, the curtains were really vivid, like you could just touch them through the window. Because you could touch them through the window because there was no glass in the window. It was just an empty frame with a curtain behind it, and you just stick your hand straight through it. Um, so maybe you get a feeling for Tinker there. I had a lot more of this where I was going to basically describe all the different elements of Kinker's character and it was going to take an hour probably. Um, his defining trait probably. He was working for a friend of ours once. He was repairing a fence in this fellow's backyard. And it was late January, early February. It was cold as hell. I mean, it was really cold. It was in the 20s and 30s. And it was a Louisiana winter, wet 20s and 30s. It was this damp cold that would just chill you to the bone. And Tinker didn't have a coat. And our friend that he was working for found a coat in his closet he thought would fit him. He gave him the coat. Tinker had a coat. He comes back the next work from morning he ain't got a coat. He's got no coat. Where's the coat? Between the, the previous afternoon when he had left work, and the next morning when he come back to work, he had run into someone he thought needed a coat more than them and had given them the coat off his back. Uh, Tinker's defining trait among uh, good humor and friendliness and just, just being funny was he was generous to a fault. I mean, he was literally generous to a fault. He would give away anything he had that was worth anything. That's Tinker. So Tinker in the Saturday night car. Tinker was in one of the bars, one of the honky-tonks on Highway 80 between, uh, between Dixian and Houghton after work one Saturday night. He had some cash in his pocket. He, um, he rode to the bar with his friend. And when he was at the bar that night, he bought a car. He bought a car in a bar on a Saturday night from a man he never met before in his life. A car that he had not seen in daylight. A car that you could buy for the kind of money that Tinker would walk into a bar with in his pocket. That's the kind of car he bought. This is the Saturday night car. This is Tinker's second mistake. He drives the car home that night. Next morning he wakes up. He's got a new car. First thing he does, he's going to drive the store, get some food. He drives a few miles down the road from where he lived to Red Chute, which is just outside of Princeton, or Houghton, if you know where that is. And it's a little, uh, it's a convenience store. It's like a, uh, you know, they sell, you know, well, they sell convenience store stuff. They have gas pumps and sell beer and cokes and cigarettes and highway crackers and being you know, a sausage and toilet paper and all the necessities of life it's a it's a rectangular cinder block building painted white dinker's driving into the parking lot of the convenience store there and the car doesn't stop so he has a problem this was a discussion, this was a subject of some discussion among his friends later about what, what, what the mistake here was. There, were, there was a school of thought that he could have steered the car to the right and driven around the back of the store. There was a school of thought that he could have steered to the left through the parking lot. Instead of what he did, which is drive the car straight into the store, and, you know, boom, you know, crash. He crashed the car straight into that building and punched in the cinder block wall. There's a hole in their, in their building, you know. The car kind of rolls out a little bit into the parking lot, and um, Tigger sat there for a minute, and then he went inside the store and told them what had happened. Because he felt sure they knew about it. He had just smashed into their building. So whether or not this was a mistake is on you. You decide for yourselves, according to your own moral compass and school of ethics, whether this is a mistake. Because he hit one end of the building, there at the other end of the building. They've got a television blaring at that end of the building, and there's an interior concrete wall. They didn't know anything. They hadn't heard anything. He could have, if the car would have driven, he could have driven it away. He could have walked away, and there was nothing in the world tying into that car except, <laughs> except one dude who had gotten whatever cash Tinker had in his pocket. So he could have just walked off. would have been no big deal. But, they, uh, but he came in and told them what, it, what, it, what had happened, and they called the police, and they waited, and um, a pair of Sheriff's deputy came. There seemed to be a lot of police themes tonight. Um, so a Parish Sheriff's deputy came, and he was like the nicest, most professional, most respectful uh, law officer that Tinker had ever met. Uh, he's got Tinker's driver's license. It's got his name on it. It's Charles Scott. And everything this guy said to Tinker is Mr. Scott, sir. It's uh, please, Mr. Scott, sir, thank you, Mr. Scott, sir, would you please describe again, Mr. Scott, sir, could you show me, Mr. Scott, sir? Uh, this guy is so respectful to probably the most respect he's gotten from anybody in a long time, much less a, a police officer. It kind of took the sting out of the whole, the whole debacle with his brand new car until he gets on the phone to call for a ride. And when he calls for a ride on the phone, you know he doesn't say, uh, hello, this is Mr. Charles Scott, sir, I'm requesting a ride. You know He says, hey, this is Tinker. And uh, he gets off the phone to find that his relationship with this police officer has changed 180 degrees. You know, it's a, there's been a sea change. And he's gone from being Mr. Scott, sir, to being, hey, you. It's, hey, you, come here. Hey, you, let me, let me in that car. You know, Hey, you, pop the hood. Hey, you, up against the car. Tinker's first mistake was buying pot from his niece's idiot boyfriend. 'Cause his niece's idiot boyfriend had been arrested the week before with a ledger where he detailed all of his criminal all of his criminal enterprises. And the ledger the ledger basically reads, you know, uh, Tuesday, tinker, twenty dollars, Thursday, tinker, twenty dollars, Saturday, tinker, twenty dollars, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, tinker, 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 page after page after page. And this guy caught tinker. Yeah. They search tinker, they search the car, and in the car they find some minute amount of pot. It's not even Tinker's car. (laughs) He has not had the car for 12 hours, and he's getting arrested for something in it. And they arrested him, and uh, he wound up doing something like 30 to 90 days in jail. And when he he, he, he got out, he he never saw that car again. That was the end of the Saturday night car. I was going to leave you all on that note, but I decided not to leave you on that note. I've got a little postscript here. Tinker had another car after that that, that that I knew of. He bought a car from me about a year later. It was a 1987 Chevy Cavalier. I sold it to him for $800. And he called me about six weeks later, and um, he wanted to know if there were more keys to the car. I, I had three keys to the car. I'd given him three keys to the car. <laughs> six weeks later, he's lost two of the keys, and the third key is locked in the trunk. <laughs> I say, Tinker, there, You know, I got no more keys. You need to call a locksmith or a dealership and get into the car. That's not what he did. He got a friend with his power tool, and the tool basically would punch these jagged holes through metal. And they used it to cut, to punch all these holes sort of around the lock in like this kind of semi-circular pattern. And they kept doing that until the holes all connected and the trunk just lifted free of the lock. You know, it just popped up. And then they reached in and got the key and unlocked the jagged, metaly part that was still attached to the lock and took that off. Then they found a piece of sheet metal that was bigger than the jagged hole they had cut in the trunk, and they kind of bent it to sort of match the contour, sort of match the contours of the trunk, and they bolted it to the trunk. And then they bolted a handle to that so that Tinker could open and close the trunk with a handle. And then they attached the handle to the bumper with a bungee cord. And he drove around like that for the rest of the time he had that car, which was another year and a half or so. So the, the image I want to leave y'all with is uh, it's Highway 80, U.S. Highway 80, the old Dixie Overland Highway around somewhere between Hot and Minden It's a Saturday afternoon, and the sun's setting to the west somewhere over East Texas, and Tinker's driving down the highway uh, looking for other mistakes. And, uh, and that trunk is kind of bobbing up and down. <laughs> With the rhythm of the highway and that bungee cord. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Now, y- y'all lift a glass to tinker tonight, if you, if you will.
0: That was Tinker in the Saturday Night Car. Thank you so much, Chris Kirkley, for sharing that unforgettable story. Don't you forget that we have a live storytelling event under the influence this Saturday, September 13th at 7.30 p.m. at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse on the campus of Centenary College. It's a fundraiser with 100% of proceeds donated to the Council on Alcoholism and Drug Abuse of Northwest Louisiana. So please buy some tickets and we hope to see you there. Sarah, anything you want to say? No, you said it all. Oh, well, anyway, have a great day. Bye.